together to Micah chapter 6. I love the way that God just keeps giving us songs, you know, not like us, but like us, you know, capital U, us. He keeps just giving us songs, and uh, it's funny because it feels like they're saying new things, but they're really not saying new things, but they kind of are saying new things, and I think that's one of the things about like, um, like the creativity of God is that uh, he can keep saying the same thing in a different way for eternity. It never gets old, you know. And I think the music that he gives to the church is just just a, such a gift in that regard. Uh, yeah, so, and it's fun to sing the fact that we can sing songs that uh, some of you guys have never sung that first one with us ever because you were like in high school or something when we used to sing it a lot. And, uh, and that's kind of fun too to watch them cycle through and how they, they still speak to us and um, we'll do some more singing at the end, and it's kind of a, a mix of some older ones and some newer ones. And I don't know. I think, I think God's cool like that. Uh, okay, so Micah six is where we've been in in response to Easter. Um, in chapter six, God is um, he's kind of he's pushing Israel a little bit because they've been rebellious. He's been perfect. I mean, he's he's kept every aspect of his covenant with them. Uh, everything he said he was going to do, he has done it. He has been completely faithful. Uh, he is the faithful covenant keeper. That's who he is. And, and so in Micah 6, we see him pushing them. Uh, you know, and, and throughout Micah, he's exposing their rebellion and different things. But a part of him exposing their rebellion is he's also uh, explaining how good he's been to them. And so uh, a part of where we are in this text is you're kind of like, okay, what's the, how do you respond to the perfect perfect covenant keeper. I mean, what's the right response? And, um, and that's really where verse 8 comes from, is okay, how do you, how do you respond to the, to the perfect covenant keeper? And so it's a response to Easter because that's a, a large part of what Easter is. Um, it's God said he was going to redeem us, and he, and he did. He said he would send a redeemer, and he did. Um, he said that everything was going to be okay, and it is. And so what, how do you respond to that? And so we've been kind of just going slowly through this verse. Um, So look at verse 8. We're just going to center in on that one tonight uh, a little bit longer. Um, It says, He's told you, O man, what is good. And it's it's a response uh, in verse 6. He says, With what shall I come before the Lord? Like, What's the right response? And so verse 8, he says, He's told you, O man, what is good. He's told you what the right response is. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Um, that's how you respond to Easter. That's how you respond to God as the, the faithful covenant keeper. Um, so do justice was, uh, you know, two weeks ago, and we looked at that being um, that, that it's, you know, justice is when you're caring for those who are vulnerable, and especially those who are uh, victims because of their vulnerability, uh, that in justice we act. So you step in and you deal, whenever you see injustice happening, you, you try and right that wrong uh, in action, but also in relationship. That we're, we're constantly trying to set 
set each other in right relationship with, with, with one another, you know. And, and we're, we're always trying to make sure that, if, that when God sends us relationally into a situation, that, that a part of what we're doing is we're there to bring peace and restoration, and we're there to help everybody see like we're all the same, you know. Um, and so, so that's, justice is not just action, it's also the relational side of it. It's both of it together, as we see all throughout the Bible. And so that's a response to the fact that God has kept his covenant with us, is that we, we go throughout our world, we look for those who are vulnerable, and we respond to that. We take care of them however we can, um, and, uh, in action and in relationship. And so that's one thing he's saying, is like, you want to know how to respond to Easter? Take care, take care of what's important to me. Which is, you know, people, um, and so that one, that one was is primarily horizontal in the sense that it's primarily like like how how we're to treat one another in light of Easter Sunday. Um, so that was the, the you know two weeks ago. Last week we looked at um, the second you know thing that's listed there uh, to love kindness is how it's worded in this English translation, but how that really comes down to one Hebrew word, which is hesed. And that is um, a word that describes God's special relationship with those that he's in covenant with. Um, and so it's, it's how you would describe what's it, what is the relationship between God and man when there, where there's covenant. How would you describe it? In Hebrew, it's one word. In English, it takes like 50,000, you know, basically. Um, and so uh, kind of four, four concepts that Hebrew scholars come back to a lot. We kind of, kind of went through that last week. Um, that it's... Uh, that there is um, kindness, there is love, there is loyalty, and there is mercy. Um, that a response to Easter is is one of kindness, um, where we we're, we take care of people. You know, um, it's a little bit different than justice, but it's kind of similar to justice. But we're just we're kind and we're gentle in the way that we deal with folks. Uh, that there is love, like that, that agape love that puts the needs of someone else ahead of your own. Um, that there is loyalty, that you're like, no, no, we're in covenant, and I'm like, I, there's no breaking covenant. Uh, I'm, I'm in this with you. Um, and then mercy was the fourth one, and just that that's reaching into someone's pain. When someone is in distress or like whatever, that you, um, that you are not someone running away from someone in distress. You're running into their lives like a like a first responder, like a fireman, like an EMT, like we saw this week. Uh, people are running from the bombings. They're running from all this stuff. And then there's the guys in uniform that are trained. They're running in. Well, that's, that's us, except we're running into people who are crying and people who are freaking out and people who don't know where to turn. Um, and so you kind of press all that together, and that's the way that's has said. That's what that, that word means. Um, but it's... You know, justice was primarily, not exclusively, but primarily how we're to relate to other people. Uh, has said uh, begins first with how God relates to us, and we, we reciprocate that to him. So it's his kindness to us, his agape love to us, his, um, his loyalty to us in keeping his covenant, um, his mercy in reaching into our pain and distress. And then we reciprocate that in the ways that we can uh, to the Lord with our loyalty and our agape love for him, and so it's that it's it's first it's uh, vertical, and then that affects the horizontal, and so then it's also how we treat one another, uh, just in like normal relationships that we are kind, and we put their needs ahead of our own, and we're loyal, and we reach into each other's pain, and and so um, do justice primarily uh, horizontal. Has said loving kindness. Um, 
uh, steadfast love, whatever your translation says, that one is first, uh, first vertical, then horizontal. Um, this last one, walk humbly with your God, this one, this one is prim- primarily vertical. Like this is, this is you, you and the Lord. This is us as his church and, and the Lord. And so it's kind of, a, kind of interesting if you look at the three of them together, how the, you know, the, the first one is horizontal, the third one is vertical, and the second one kind of brings them together. And that's, that's typical when you're, when you're reading, um, if, you're, if you're reading them through the Old Testament and they, and they have, this is like a weird, weird side note, if, if they list like three things or five things or seven things, like any sort of odd number, um, you, can, you can usually look at the middle one, and the middle one ties in the rest of them uh, in kind of a cool way. And so Hesed kind of, Hesed impacts justice, which is before it, and it impacts walking humbly with your God, which is after it. And so it's, a, it's just a, like a really cool like verse, not only because you're like, like, yeah, man, that would look really great, you know, on a coffee mug. You're like, no, 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 like this verse encompasses so much, which is why it's the perfect response. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take walk humbly with your God, and we're going to kind of break that, uh, that last part into three chunks or whatever. So the first chunk that we're going to look at is the, is the with your God part. Um, and so uh, when, when, you, when we see that, like with with your God, to live life with Him, uh, it means exactly what you think it means. That, that there is a togetherness between you and God all, like all the time. Um, if, you know, we, we, John 15 has been a very influential uh, passage for us. God's used that in a number of, of ways. And so you know, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And so that's part of, become part of our vernacular around here as we talk about you know, trying to just be the vine. I mean, I mean, just be the branch. Let him be the vine and not trying to be the vine. And there's a lot of that kind of lingo. And, um, and it, so if you take that image, like you have the... And I, I'm not as familiar with vines. I am familiar with trees. And so I like to use like tree, like I'm the trunk of the tree, is what Jesus says, and you are a branch of the tree. But when you, if, if you take that image and you look at that, the branch is with the trunk. Like that's, the, that's reality of what's going on there. There's a withness that's there. And so it says, walk humbly with your God. Think branch attached to the trunk of a tree. There's a togetherness uh, that, it, that happens because of what you know, Jesus has done. Um, abiding, abiding is, is it's kind of one of those, it's another one of those words where we talk about it a lot. Uh, there's something about abiding that, that we need to make sure we're all like on the same page about um, Abiding, there, there is, it's kind of fluid relationally, okay? So um, you may hear somebody in community group that will say something like, yeah, I, just, I really haven't been abiding lately, you know? My abiding's been kind of sketchy, or I've been, really been abiding, you know, lately and stuff. Um, relationally, it's kind of fluid, and, and so that, they're correct in describing their relationship with God that way. And usually what they're, what they're saying is, um, sorry. usually what they're trying to con- convey is, I, ha- I haven't been praying, I haven't been uh, connected to the Lord, I haven't been faithful, I haven't been obedient, I haven't, I haven't really even thought about Jesus in a couple of days. That's usually what they're saying. And so in a relational sense, it is kind of fluid. Like you can abide and you cannot abide, you know. Um, and so, so in that sense, it's, it's very much correct. 
in a different sense, I, and I went around and around in my mind on how to describe this, and I don't really know of a, of a good way to do it, but uh, relationally it's fluid. Uh, in your positioning, it's not fluid. Like, you are, you are never going to be separate from God. I know I'll even talk about like if the branch could like sever itself and fall on the ground, how it would begin to die and all that kind of stuff. Um, that can happen in a relational sense as far as like you're, you're turning your back on him and you're like, you know, whatever, like, like you haven't been connecting to him relationally. But that will, never, that will never change in your positioning with him, in your legal standing with, with God. Like you are always going to be attached to him. You are not so awesome that you can unattach yourself from the Lord. You, you can't do it. We sing about that and, we, and all that kind of stuff, but I, I want us to, to understand that both of those things are true. That relationally, you can, you can be disconnected. Like in your mind, you can just be like, man, I, just, I, haven't been, um, I just haven't been with the Lord very much lately. But at the same time, you need to know that your positioning with Him has never changed. So you're always that branch attached to the vine, what it, what it, uh, attached to the trunk of the tree. What's really, what you're really saying is, I've, I've been attached to him, but I haven't been receiving the water that he's been trying to like, you know, send into me as a branch. The, the nutrients, the sap, the, the things it takes for me to really live and bear fruit. I, I've, I've been rejecting those things. Um, I'm still, our, the fibers are still attached but the, the life source, I, I've, I've been saying no to that life source. That's, that's what's being said. And so it's possible to, to not be walking humbly with your God, but to be with your God the whole time. Okay? So I don't, I don't know if that's making any sense, but I want to make sure that, that, we're under, that we understand this because there's this great myth that, that we have, have kind of bought into in our minds um, and I don't think, it's not like sinister, you know, whatever. We're not like about to sprout horns and become the devil. It's not like that, but it's this myth that we've sort of bought into or created or whatever. And, and, and here's what it is. It's God didn't see that. You know? It's like, where was God? Or, I kind of want to, uh, you know, I kind of want to do this. And I know God not, God's not going to approve, so I'm going to just kind of convince myself in the back of my mind that he's like off tending to someone else. You know, he's taking care of something else, and he didn't, he didn't see that. He wasn't there with me when I did that. Um, or whatever. It's this myth. And we're kidding ourselves if we think that we really can... Uh, like both in in relationship and in our positioning, that we really can, like sever ourselves from the trunk of the tree and like go off and like go do something, you know. And he can't really see it. And a couple of days later, we like come back and I'm like, "Will you take me back?" He's like, "Okay, uh, whatever." That's not how it works. It it works that way relationally sometimes, you know, when we're refusing uh, what he's trying to give us. But in in our positioning, he's there all the time. You don't need to turn there, but I want to I want to show you real quick uh, Psalm one thirty nine. Uh, David had figured this out. Um, says, verse 1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. 
You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. David has figured out, I keep trying to run from him, and everywhere I go, uh, guess what, he's right there with me. In the best days and in my worst moments, everywhere I go, he's there. And so, walking humbly with your God is, this, is a, in part this realization that he's with me all the time. When Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth, guess what? He, was totally, he totally meant it. And so for some of you, the takeaway from tonight is going to be like, man, he's, he's literally with me, around me, inside me, in my mind, in my, in my heart, in my soul. Like everywhere I go, everything I do, he's right there. And he's not just like part of him is there, he's there in fullness. And so when you are at home by yourself, he is just, his presence is just as full with you there as it is in heaven right now. God doesn't have to ration out His presence. He's, he's that big. He's in fullness all the time. And I think for some of us, that's the takeaway from tonight. Is like, man, this with my God thing is for real. Like, I'm always with Him. Maybe you're not always uh, receiving the life that He is trying to, like, you know, put in, like, He's trying to bring to you to to bear the fruit and all that kind of stuff. Maybe relationally you're not abiding, but you're always attached to Him. And that's a very important mindset to have. And it's one that I believe, uh, I believe it could be transformational for some, especially in like behavioral sin, like some of those patterns. You're like, man, I, I really wish... Like, yeah, how about, how about you start praying like, God, how about you just remind me that you're always right there? And maybe it'll weird you out later. Maybe that'll be good. I don't know. Uh, I'll not give examples. Okay, um, so with your God, that's something that happens all the time. So what are we supposed to do when you look at the verses? We're supposed to walk. We're supposed to walk with Him. So the first part is with your God. Now we're going to look at the word walk. That's really, it's all throughout the, the entire Bible. You see this like walking, walking with God, walking in the ways of His truth. Um, it's, just, it's a steady phrase that's used over and over and over again. And whenever you see that, it, it's really, it just means that you're, you're associating with Him in, in an ongoing, intimate relationship. Like that's, when you see, like, it'll, it'll say, like, you know, Enoch, he, he walked with God. That's, that's not being like, he took a stroll with God. It's saying, like, no, his life, there was this ongoing, intimate relationship with God. Uh, it's this connection that's there. Um, it's not when, okay, when, um, when you see, like, Enoch walked with God, that's not saying, like, on the days when it was like when, uh, let's bring him into our day. He, it wasn't like on Sundays, like he really liked God a lot on Sundays. It was like, no, that wouldn't be described as he walked with God. He walked with God would be 
would be um, like every moment of every day. This dude, it was a, a natural part of the rhythm of his life. And that's what God is saying. Is that you want to know how to respond to the covenant-keeping faithfulness of God in Easter? Um, this is like He is with you always. Uh, you walk, walk with Him. Let there be a relationship with Him. And you know, it's, it's really it's one of the hardest things I think about Christianity to explain to someone. And it was hard, like in the first century as well. Uh, it was, I mean, prior to that too. But like we see a lot of the struggles with the church and in, in, in like um, bringing that message to their culture is like people didn't understand that you could have a relationship with God. Like God's were to be feared, and they were they were too high, and they were not personal, and they just they just controlled things, and you just had to keep them happy, you know. Um, but here, like in all all throughout the scriptures, God's saying like, no, I, I want I want to know you, and I want you to know me. I want us to walk together in a relationship, um, and, I, and I think there's two. There's it's kind of twofold. I, I think there are are two things that we see in the life of Jesus that that I think inform what does a walk with God looks like. Look like one. Uh, one is is intentional actions. You know, so we'll see where Jesus um, he would uh, he would slip off by himself. You know, at different points to pray. Um, and he would, of course, pray with his disciples and stuff like that. So prayer was a part of it. Solitude was an intentional action of his. Um, community was very intentional with him. Like he, he spent time with, with his, like, the big group of disciples. But then there was, like, the 12. And then within the 12, there were three. And within the three, there was one. You know, like, he, community was something that he understood. That was an intentional action um, that kept him with, with the Lord. Uh, he served he healed, he, he taught, um, he took time to seek God's will for himself. Um, we, we see these things, you know, we see him quoting scripture all the time, so he obviously was very well versed in the word. Those are, those are intentional things about our walk with God, but a lot of times we tend to, th- like, that is, is what is going on. So if someone says, tell me, brother... How's your walk been lately? Usually, what what you're going to say is like how much you've been, like how your quiet times have been. Basically, we tend to go right to those intentional actions, and that's part of it. Um, we see that with Jesus. But the other thing, uh, there's intentional actions, but there's there's also there's this this internal orientation toward the Lord relationally. Because Jesus didn't, I mean, there were like other times when all we know from the Bible is like they, they walked for like three days. And he, he wasn't like head bowed, eyes closed, praying the whole time. And he wasn't in solitude the whole time, whatever. I, we have to believe that Jesus like had conversations, like normal interactive stuff. We see times when he was thirsty or when he was hungry or when he was tired and that's, he lived a normal life. And so there were intentional actions a part of that walk, but there's also this, this internal orientation toward the Lord um, that, that he had. That, um, and it's, it's both of those things. We put a lot of emphasis on the disciplines, you know, like those internal, um, those intentional actions, you know, the spiritual disciplines, those things that connect us to the Lord. But that's not it exclusively. Um, there's also, there's just this natural, like, whatever. And, and I think, I think the, the internal orientation, like, I liken it to, like, to breathing, basically. Like, most of the time, you're not really thinking about breathing. You're just kind of breathing. 
But then there are times when you are thinking about it, like right now, you're probably thinking about it. Huh? Yeah. There are times when you're thinking about it. Uh, there are times when, um, when you get super angry and you just have to like maybe take a deep breath. Maybe parents, there are times when you just want to like just go crazy at your kids about something and you like stop and count to ten, you know. And a part of that is you're like, okay, slow down the breathing. Maybe you get scared. Maybe you get nervous. Maybe, maybe if you're like working out or you're doing something, whatever, and like your heart rate's up or whatever and you have to focus on your breathing, uh, whatever. There, there are times when we are focused on our breathing most of the time, we're just, it's just natural, natural, natural. I think a walk with the Lord is the same way. There, there are times when we're, we're very focused on it. It's very intentional. We set it. We have those disciplines that help us stay connected to the, to the Lord. But then there are times when, when you're going about your day, you're at home, you're at work, you're, you're doing different things. There should be this, just this natural, like, I'm connected to God right now. I'm connected to God right now. I'm connected to God right now. When we think about it that way, the, the instruction to pray without ceasing makes, makes more sense. And so it's, there's just this awareness that's there all the time. And so a lot of what God is saying is, like, walk with me to the point where it's just really normal. Just let it be natural. It's, it's kind of like, uh, I'm filled with analogies today, I guess, but it's, it's kind of like a, like a fire, you know. Like, so you have this fire, and if you want to keep that fire going, you have to, there has to be fuel, and there has to be oxygen. I'm not a scientist, but I do know those two things. I know, I'm not a scientist. Shocking. Uh, there, those two things have to be there. And so, um, if you're sitting around the fire pit in the backyard with some friends, or you're at a bonfire or something like that, and the fire starts to go down, you throw some pallets on there, you throw some firewood on there, whatever, that's fuel. Um, and then, if you really want to get it going, then you, you, you start, you get the like, blower out, whatever, and you put some heat on that sucker, and it, it starts to roll. That's how, that's how it works. And so I think that the, I think that just the natural, that inward orientation toward the Lord, I, I think that's, that's fire, and I think that the, our disciplines and those intentional actions and uh, prayer and service and community and those kind of things, I think those are like fuel. I think they're like oxygen. Uh, they fan into flame and they keep it going. They keep that fire going on. Um, but I believe that there are, there are some folks uh, in, in the church, and I'm guilty of this uh, as well. Um, it was convicting to think about it this way. I, I think that there are some who believe that, that the fire of that inward orientation and that walk with the Lord is sustainable without doing the other stuff. And it's sustainable without those intentional actions. You know? People are like, I don't really need to read the Bible. I don't really need to pray. I don't really need to do this and this and this and this. Like, I just kind of have like a, like I'm always walking with the Lord kind of thing. Oh, I, I pray without ceasing. I don't need to like spend time in prayer. It, it, it doesn't work that way. The intentional actions that God has built into, like the, built into our walk with Him those function as firewood and oxygen to fan into flame to keep that going. If, if you want that inward orientation where walking with the Lord is like breathing to you, then you, sometimes you have to focus on that stuff. It, that's how it works, not the other way around. The intentional actions fuel and fan into flame the inward orientation, not the other way around. I don't know if that makes any sense. But if you feel like, if you were to describe your relationship with a God and be like, man, I just, it's like the fire's going out. Then the follow-up question would be like, well, what's, like how's your prayer life? Probably you're going to say, oh, I don't have one. 
And that's why the fire's going out. That's why I'm, on a Sunday night, like if you're really dialed in, like if you're, if you're here, you're not checking your phone, you're not worried about where you're going to eat afterwards, you're not worried about your kids over there, like you're dialed in, you're right here. When you leave, like it's, it's like firewood has been thrown on that relationship and just oxygen just like flowing on there. And you, there's just something that's different. There's something just really, that's how it is. That will keep that natural rhythm going in between your quiet times and in between those times of service and times of community. That's how, that's how it works. And so some of you, maybe the takeaway is, like, man, I haven't been putting a lot of intentional action into my walk. I've just been hoping that the fire would just keep going on itself without any oxygen, without any fuel. But we see it in Jesus, and if Jesus, if that's how he's going to live, then what makes us think we're better than him? And so we walk with our God. That's what is going on here. This consistent living out of that said, that love uh, with God. So walk, walk with your God. And then there's this, this brutal word, humbly. Um, this, one, this one can be a tough one. And there's you know, different ways to define humility. Uh, the way that I would define it is, it, I, think, I think you're humble when you know your place. I think that's in, in, in any, any situation, uh, when, when you, know, like, you know your place, when you settle into that groove, it's very important, you know. Um, and if, you, if you work at a job and there's like, you know, whatever, it's important to know your role in that. If, uh, if you... Um, if, you know, in your family, it's important that you know your role. If you play on a sports team, if you play softball this, this summer with the ring, it's important that you know your role, and that you embrace that. When you settle into that role, there's, there's a goodness that comes. And what God says is when you know your role uh, and you settle into that, the word to describe that is humility. That's, that's what it looks like. And you fit right into that groove. And so we walk humbly with our God, that in light of who he is, we know our place. In light of his sovereignty and his holiness and every, everything about him, you keep that in full view, and then you, you say, okay, how do I stack up here? Oh, okay, got you. It's humility. Um, and so we're to walk humbly with our God. That, that in the context of that relationship, there is not any quality... There is not equality there. We're to walk humbly with him. So, Jesus is not your homeboy. To go back ten years. Jesus, you know, like, there, there isn't this, like, uh, just, there should, we should always understand that there is great inequality. That he's the holy, sovereign king of the universe. And he looks at us and says, you are my son, you are my daughter. Not you are my equal. But I'm going to treat you in a lot of ways like my equal. We're co-heirs, the promises of God. We're going to rule the universe together for eternity. He, we talked about this in Isaiah 53. He shares the spoils of his victory with us. 
He treats us with great kindness and compassion. And, and in some ways, He treats us as though we're equals. In some ways, He treats us as though we're better. But the whole time, we need to recognize like, no, like that's, that's just His generosity and His goodness. We are... We, 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 no, 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 no. We're not equals. We walk humbly with our God. And so what that means is if you take walk with your God and all the things that we've talked about, and it's this ongoing relationship, it's very normal, it's very steady, we realize that the king of the universe has said, hey, come, let's, let's walk together through life. So you're walking together through life, and let's say there's a decision that has to, to be made. Walking humbly with your God means that you're like, hey, you're holy, sovereign king of the universe. You're outside of time and know everything about everything. Um, what, sh- what should I do here? That's walking humbly with your God. Not walking humbly with your God is, I know that you're a holy, sovereign king of the universe, and you know everything, and you're outside of time, I know all that kind of stuff. However, um, I'm pretty awesome. And I, I think I kind of know what to do with this decision about work, or this uh, financial move that I need to make, or uh, how to handle this situation. So I'm just going to take care of this, and whatever. That's, that's not humility. Humility is Jesus... Um, well, everything about Jesus uh, on, on the earth. But when he's sitting there and he's talking to the Lord and he's saying, I don't really want to die this way. Um, I honestly, I like this looking like a bad deal, but it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. And so your will trumps my will. Jesus knew his role. He knew his place. And he submitted to that. And he was God. <laughs> He had every right to say, I don't know, like with the Father, like we're all equally God, right? But he was like, no, I'm, sp- I'm supposed to play a role here and I'm going to willingly do that. And so for us, the role that we play is knowing our place. We fit right in. And the, and the thing is, when you'll, you'll notice this in your own life. I notice this in my life too, that when there is humility, I hear him. I sense him. My desire is to be obedient and I trust him. Everything just makes so much sense when I'm walking humbly with my God. Because humility requires shalom. It requires that peace. And all the parts of the fabric weaving together just like they're supposed to. When that happens, you're like, man, like, this is, this is awesome. But it's when I refuse to be humble... That, that I'm, I'm not playing the role that I was designed to play. I'm, I'm out of tune. There's dissonance. There's something there. And it's usually because I end up thinking that I'm like super awesome and I don't really need him very much. And so we're walking and I'm just, I'm just ignoring him basically in that. And he's like, no, no, that's, that's, not, that's not a response to Easter. A response to Easter is walk humbly with your God. Realize that, that while there is great inequality, he wants to interact with you in a, in a way that is completely full of hesed. He wants, to, he wants there to be that loyalty and that mercy and that love and that kindness that's there. And so uh, that's how you were designed. And so you boil all this down. You take justice, uh, loving kindness, walking humbly with your God. What God's really saying, he's like, Here, here's, here's how you respond to Easter. Um, you d- fall, fall right into my design for how I made you. That's how you respond. 
couple verses before this, they're like, do we, do we bring all these sacrifices? Do we try and buy our way back into good graces? He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, relationship with me. That's where, that's where all this is coming from. Because of me, we are one. Let's, start to, let's, let's live that out. That's how I want you to respond. We see it perfectly in Jesus. His life here on earth, he walked humbly with his God. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. And so what we're really talking about is incarnational life. It's, I'm attached to the trunk of the tree, and let me quit thinking I know everything and receive the life that he wants to um, like flow through me so there's fruit in my life. So I think Jesus is telling us through this text the right way to respond to Easter is like, to let, every, let everything happen the way I want it to. How about that? You walk with me. When you walk with me, guess what? You see injustice, you'll know what to do. You'll, you'll spot it, you have my ears, you have my, uh, my eyes. You'll see it, you'll know what to do, you'll know how to set that right. You walk humbly with me, you'll understand his said, his said of the Father. You'll know how to love your spouse well. you know how to love your family well. you know how to love your friends well. you know how to love your enemies well. You'll, you'll, know how to, you'll know how to pray for bomb, bombings in Boston and uh, fertilizer plant explosions and like all this stuff that we see and the things that we don't know about coming tomorrow. He's like, I'll totally sh- like walk you through that and show you how to handle that. It's all going to be fine. That's what he wants from us in response to Easter. And so I, I don't know which part of this kind of like lands with you. Maybe it's the with God part. Maybe it's the walking part. Maybe it's the humility part. Maybe it's all of it. I don't really know. All I know is Jesus says the perfect response to Easter is, is for us to have a relationship. How about that? That's the perfect response. It may sound weird and it may, you know, may not make a lot of sense at first. I'll walk you through it. And I'll put you with a whole group of people who are also trying to figure it out. And we'll all figure it out together. How about that? Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. That's, that's where he's going. And so we're just going to sing a little bit to respond to this. And these songs incorporate some of these ideas. And let me just, let me just encourage you with this. What we're about to do is an intentional action. An intentional action where we walk humbly with our God. And so uh, let's, let's do that well. All right? let's, let's stand together as the band comes back up. And just, just take a second and and kind of, um, whether it's is the emphasis on justice or um, said or walking humbly with your God, um, I believe God wants us to really to, to take some things away from this. Um, so let's just maybe just start just as an act of humility and as an act of walking humbly with Him. Let's ask Him, what is it? What do, you, what do you want to say? Ask him to personalize it for you uh, before we go on. God, will you, will you help us to, um, to be good stewards of the things that you stirred in us, uh, especially since Easter um, and our time together on Sunday nights and um, through the songs and the scriptures, God, none of this is random. Uh, God, we just want to zero in really on the on the fact that you're 
You're telling us that that the response to your covenant-keeping faithfulness is to walk in the fullness of the relationship with you that you provide. to walk in in everything that it means for us to be your people and for you to be our God. And God, where where that's not happening, God, I ask that you just bring some some direction and some clarity, bring some conviction. uh, Because our desire, we don't want to live halfway. None of us do. But Jesus, you lived on this earth. You know the, the distractions that we face and you know the challenges that are there um, in the world and in our flesh, and we have this enemy, and there's just there's just a lot that's coming at us. But you are greater than those things, and so Lord, we we just we intentionally lift you higher than those things, and ask God that um, that you just help us, and even through these songs, Lord, that that we would. We would free up from some of that stuff that's maybe hindering or whatever. The excuses we come up with, the, the hang-ups that are there. But to realize the, the beauty of these songs and um, that you would stir a desire in us to walk humbly with you and realize that that's what you want too. We don't have to convince you of it. You're on board Pray, God, you'd use this time of response to bring us on board as well.